What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. (laughs) I'm your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I'm thrilled to be here with my mom, Barb, to chat once again. Hi, mom. I'm excited too. Hi, Michelle. I was playing a little bit with the intonations of my voice in that intro. I could tell. Did you notice? I did notice. Did it bring you joy? Yes. Was it like mud? (laughs) If you didn't listen to last week's episode, you don't know what that means. So go back and listen to it. And this is kind of a continuation of, uh, this is kind of a wrap up of the last two episodes. So like my mom says, the mind is a tricky customer, but my mom is also a tricky customer because I'm like, you know, I think, I think two episodes is probably good for your retreat. You know, that's two hours of conversation about your experience. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't want the listeners to get bored or I don't know, are they going to, who knows? And she goes, I think we need more time. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll I'll get you. I'll cut you down to two. And tricky, tricky Barb. Here we are again, but I'm happy about it. I know you are. I know you are. Barb does know best. It makes me realize that, you know, you really knew that we needed time for this and I'm, I'm happy about it. So here we are again. Well, this was a 30 day silent retreat and I felt like I had a lot that I wanted to share but I have to be honest that there's so much I didn't. I mean, 30 days, this was packed. I could, I could probably do a month's worth of episodes when I think of all of the things that came up and all of the things that I experienced and all the learnings that I had and all of that. So, I mean, 30 days of silence is profound. And this was a very profound retreat. So I'm not surprised that we're now recording our third episode. Well, perhaps something that you've been saying for quite some time, you will add this to a book that you're writing. (laughs) Book number two. Yes. You know, now that I've said that for all of you listening. Oh, you mean I'll add the retreat stuff to my Oh yeah. I have a lot to say about this in my book. Yes. Uh, You can now hold her accountable because she's been talking about writing book number two for years, 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 years. And so if you would like to hear a a second book from Barb, annoy her about it. (laughs) Nudge her. Force her. 2024 is the year. She doesn't listen to me anymore. Yeah, I do. Mm. I do. You know, the timing is perfect. I actually- It is, but I'm, I, I want to read it. I know you do. And I, I actually feel, I was, I was kind of, you know, before the pandemic, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I have to get this book out because I wrote the last one. I, my first one was 2014 and look at, it's already 2020. And then the pandemic hit and all the things and, and divorce. And I, I mean, I just have so much more to share and there's so much depth to it all that I think it's been worth the wait. And I know- Of it, course, it takes what it takes. It takes what it takes, but but I am ready now. So fashion your seatbelts. Also, in fairness to you, I had that same idea about in COVID. I'm like, okay, we're home. Perfect time to write the book, books that I've been yearning to write. And 
I think, you know, we can't be hard on ourselves for not taking off a million things on our to-do list during a global pandemic. We're all not Taylor Swift who just puts out hundred albums in a pandemic. So it's okay. It takes what it takes. Well, and I think we were incredibly we were busy, busy. But incredibly busy, but you're I right. I think also it, like we're processing just horror yeah. and, you know, yeah. sometimes you don't feel, you know, the inspirational light bulb of, yeah, I, I want to write about living your best life when there's just like yeah. awfulness outside. Yeah. I digress. Book number two is coming for you. Book it number is. one is coming for me. Yes. Very excited <laughs> about both of those. <laughs> so, um, as we were saying, getting back on track, this week's episode conversation is going to be the conclusion of your retreat. Um, and some great aspects that I'm excited to hear about because I know one of the trickiest aspects of any kind of retreat or workshop or even vacation, you know, anything that you do that takes you out of your norm and where you have to go back, there's always that, all right, how do I now adjust or go back or implement or, you know, feel okay leaving this experience to go back to my regular experience. So I can't wait to hear about that. And just your final wrap ups, takeaways from this experience and like, you know, all of that. And then as promised per last week, we're going to dive into just the overall topic of meditation in general and our experiences with it because they go hand in hand and we haven't really done that yet. So I'm excited. I am too. No, we really haven't. So we ended up last week's episode again. If you haven't listened, go back. I do think that that might be my favorite episode we've ever recorded Wow, to date. Wow. I love it. I really do. Or at least for me, I really enjoyed the, the conversation. Me too. You're an extraordinary questioner. You are, you, you are, you know, it's an art to be able to ask another person questions that, that evokes what it is that we want to share and what it is the person that that is hearing the question wants to share and what's being moved. You are extraordinary. I just really want you to own that. You are incredibly astute at asking the question that needs to be asked in the moment and asking it in a way that, that prepare, that makes the person really ready to start sharing from their heart. And I just love that. And I love that. I, I love having a conversation with you all the time, my whole life. And I love that we're doing this podcast together. And I love that we get to have these conversations and especially this one with my retreat, your questions have been outstanding. Thank you. Thank and you. thank you to Indiana University School of Journalism. True. You're good. Ernie Pyle Hall, what is up? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> that ages me because that doesn't exist anymore. Anyways. Uh, okay. So we ended last week. You talked, uh, told your story about your relationship with mud, which I think that's, that fascinates me. Um, and then how that meditation where you had that conversation and established that relationship really opened you up into a next chapter of the retreat, which was, I guess, week three now? Mm -hmm. Week three. Okay. So now what, what happens here? So, sorry, mm -hmm. what, so just to recap a little bit of first week, external noise, worry about home, worry about everybody else. Did I abandon them? Am I being selfish? external noise. Second week, internal noise comes up of all of the things that you haven't been feeling that you kind of push just beneath the surface that now have come up because you're kind of finally still to allow them to having this conversation with mud. So now third week is what? Well, beautifully outlined. Now third week is settling into these, this new revelations in my practice in my meditation practice, in this silence of now going into the third week and really feeling at home, like feeling at home with this world within, you know, I keep saying there is a world within and there's a world without the outside world and the inside world. The inside world is as real as the outside world. They both exist, but we rarely acknowledge and listen to the world and the voice within, and it is real. So now in the third week, the outside world is kind of you know, uh, it, like a, a distant voice. It's not even really rele relevant. I'm not, I'm not so much thinking about what's happening at home. I'm not so much thinking about the outside world at all. I'm truly becoming very established in the inner world. 
and the inner world of uh, the silence and the relaxation and trusting, all the things that we say when I talk about meditation and when you talk about meditation, our work, be open, be receptive, be where your feet are, be in the present moment, relax, allow the experience of whatever's happening within you to be there and see what happens. Let that inner world be vibrant, I guess is what I would say. Let that inner world be real and just really settle into that knowing. And so it helped me, you know, I didn't care that it was raining anymore. I didn't care that it was cold. And I think I told a story maybe in the first episode. I think I said, one day I woke up because I was the 4.30 person to do the, to get the coffee and the tea and all the stuff ready for breakfast before the meditation. And I opened my door to go out and it wasn't raining. Mm-hmm. And so now I was so kind of, I don't want to say attached to the rain, but I was sad if there wasn't rain. It was like a normal, we open yeah. the door there, it's raining. I mean, it was just really the way it was. And it was 35 degrees and, and I was cold, but I didn't care. It was like, okay, I was really practice. didn't even have to practice it. It just came naturally. Okay. It's raining. Fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not forever because that idea of impermanence was really taking hold within me. And so I was truly beneath the surface level of life and living in this inner world. So were you really not, did, when you woke up, did you really not think at all about like what's happening at home or? Not, well, I shouldn't say I didn't think about it. If it would come up. Or like, I wonder what's going on in the world today. No, not at all. So you were, I no, think that's really how all. you would say being present to where you are. You're yeah. just thinking about what's in front of you, yeah. where your feet are. Yeah, not at all. I I was, or if my mind would go to a person, let's say, like I said, it would go to you. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't really, see, you're practicing meditation all the time. And I was practicing these, this loving kindness meditation. So I was sending one, one whole one whole sitting or walking meditation was for you. Mm-hmm. Let's just say oh, I was sending you. loving kindness and meditation to you, sending loving kindness meditation to to others. I was I would think about that. So, if something would come up that would be in the outer world that I might start getting anxious about, I would just wait a minute. You're here right now. You'll deal with that when you get back home. And I would just start doing a med- doing a little quiet walking meditation with just being where my feet are you know, breathing in, I'm where my feet are breathing out. I'm crossing the flood or whatever, whatever the passages were at the time that I was using, especially in the walking meditation. So mm-hmm. I don't want to give the view that it, nothing ever came up, but it didn't, it never lasted. Got it. But what did last, and I think this third week was profound in that what did last was still the things are coming up. So now I was starting to develop this deeper relationship with myself by using my own compassion, loving kindness meditation for myself every single day. So I was starting to feel that love and acceptance of myself, of who I am and kind of that idea to thine own self be true and, you know, treating myself with kindness and treating myself as a precious friend and like I would the people that I love. So that was all becoming real. So I was starting to settle into that all the things that were being uncovered in the second week were starting to feel like, okay, yeah, we, 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 un, we teased all those things apart. We unraveled all of that and saw what was real and what was true and what wasn't. And so now other things are starting to come up. Like who, who do I still, who was I having maybe some issues with? Mm-hmm. you know, personally or family or work or whatever it was, who were some, who were, where were some things that I needed to look at? And one of the things that came up that was really strong was I have a tendency and I think it's okay because it's little, I have a tendency of not necessarily always telling the truth if I think it's going to ruffle feathers and it's not necessary or important. And I'm talking mostly Probably, I don't know, probably mostly everywhere. Like I will, well, does she need to know that? Or does they need to know that? Do they need to know that? So in my mind, I was able to wrap it up as being, well, it's not hurtful because it's not really anything they need to know anyway. And it's not, I'm not keeping anything away from them. I'm just trying to protect them. You know, I would wrap my whole story around how it was good for them. I was thinking of them. And for what, you know, for what happens when you're on a silent retreat and all this stuff starts getting uncovered. Remember I said, it's like peeling the layers of an onion. So now I'm getting deeper into this onion and it was really not okay. Wait, you are trying to control other people 
you're trying to manipulate other people. And see, I don't like to use those words about myself. That was not feeling comfortable at all. But in my meditation, you're trying to control other people. You're trying to manipulate other people. You think you're doing something good, but really you're just trying to control. Even though it's not harmful, it is kind of harmful because you're not really telling them the truth. You're not letting them develop their own ways of handling things. You're kind of being the boss of them. Well, they don't need to, this. This will hurt them or this will bother them or this will whatever, whatever the mind was saying. Mm-hmm. But when you're living from the inside out and when you're in a silent meditation retreat, the inner voice won't let you get away with it. And the voice kept saying, no, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to think that I was, I was lying. I was just thinking I was withholding things that might hurt somebody and I'll handle it. Inner voice says, you're lying. You're lying. You're lying. So I dealt with that for probably a couple of days. It wasn't so bad because in the end, it kind of released me from trying to control everything. Cause I think that's where I get worn out. Mm-hmm. First of all, thinking that I can, but second of all, thinking that I have to be the fixer. So that whole idea of that fixer mentality came back mm-hmm. in one of my meditations. I was like, you're not the fixer. Let people deal with their own stuff. You just, you just, if you're the messenger and you need to tell somebody something and you're trying to protect them because you don't want them to be hurt or you think they can't handle it, or it's going to somehow boomerang and be terrible for you, you can't do that. So that was a big deal. That was a few days into the third week. Uh, I have this reaction because if we throw it back to an episode a few weeks ago about our relationship and what are the things that we fight about, I would say this is the thing that we fight about or used to fight about the most is when I would feel like I was being lied to by you or I would catch you in a lie. And again, these aren't like life altering lies, but where I felt like I wasn't being given all of the information or half truths or whatever. Um, And I don't know, maybe because we're so close, I could always feel like or sense that I wasn't, really getting the whole story or, or something wasn't quite right. And, and I mean, you're not a, you don't have a good poker face either. So. And I'm not really a lot. I mean, I don't really lie very much because I, I'm not a good liar and I don't no. like to lie. So you're right. It was mostly with you. That was the whole thing. It was mostly with, it mostly surrounded you. And I mean, we've had so many conversations about this and in therapy and all of that. And I remember before you left on your retreat, um, you had told me about something that you had kind of lied to me about. And withheld the truth. <laughs> See, I told you I don't like being called a liar. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're right. Yes. Didn't tell me the whole story. Right. <laughs> kept a piece of the story. Right. Exactly. And it was a... It, yeah, no, it, it was. It was a big one. It was. I own it. Uh, and I was upset. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you said also, you're like, I, it makes me realize that I do lie to you. And like you admitting that to me, because whenever we would have these conversations in the past, I don't think you would ever admit to saying like, yeah, I lied. And I'm like, and in the heat of moments or in therapy, I'm like, you're a liar. I don't trust you because you lie. And obviously this is very like vulnerable and I don't, believe this now, but that was like the crux of our problems because I, I couldn't ever tell what was true. And so you finally saying, okay, I realized that I do lie to you in these little ways. And I remember, I think one of the last conversations we had before you turned your phone off was, I can't wait to dive into this in this, in this month and really figure out what's, what that's about. Yeah. And what I figured out what that's about, because the person is Michelle, it was Michelle because I figured, you know, I, she knows I have her best interest. She knows I love her, uh, you know, unconditionally. She knows all this and I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to protect her whatever, whatever the mind would say. And see, this is the problem. This is what happens. You start to believe, well, it is true. But then when I'm in this silent retreat, I'm thinking, nope, you're trying to control the situation. You're trying to this and trying to that. But then what it got uncovered then the next breath was you don't, you don't feel okay doing this. 
It's really eroding you from the inside out. And you're actually doing it because you've had so much trauma and so much stuff happening in the past three years. When I, when I thought about why would I withhold certain things, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect your answer to be. And I didn't want to have to deal with it. And so in my meditation, I had this whole thing that was saying, you just couldn't take anymore. And not that that's a good excuse and not that that makes it okay. But I think what I'm trying to say here for all of you listening is you have to really be honest with yourself. You got to be able to look at yourself in the mirror. You've got to be able to say, yes, I withheld, I withheld the truth. Okay. So why did I withhold the truth? A lot of times I want to control the situation. A lot of times I want to manipulate what's going to happen because I don't want to deal with the, with the outcome, with the possible outcome, but even not possible outcome, probably the inevitable outcome. So having this whole, I don't know, several meditations of all of this, I came to the, it came to the place that yes, Barb, you do this because you're scared because you don't have any patience for it or because you're tired or because you can't just put one more thing in your plate or one more thing in your head. You don't want to have to deal with Michelle being upset and all the things. And then the last meditation I had about it was, but that's the way it is. You need, to, you need to just be honest and let the chips fall where they may. You know, just, just be honest because it is eating you up from the inside out. It is, it is going to start to sabotage the relationship that you and Michelle have. And, and then, of course, I knew that you oftentimes would say, I don't think you're telling me the truth. I think there's something you're not telling me. So I knew all of that as well. So it's always better just to come clean. Yeah. Say, look, I was withholding stuff from you because I don't want to deal with you. Or I didn't want to deal with your, the outcome. I didn't want, I just didn't want to. And it's not that it's right. And I think you and you and I have great conversations now personally about that. If I'll do something or you'll do something, I'll say, you know, I'm sorry. It didn't make it right. I did it wrong and I'll do better next time. So it's really that idea of really owning. You always talk about this in your blogs, especially owning your side of the street, just owning it. And, and letting the consequences be what they may. And what I've discovered, having come out of that retreat in this realm, I don't believe I've lied to you at all, uh, is that you, you feel better from the inside out. You're not worried about something being found out or, oh my gosh, you're really betraying Michelle because she can feel it. How awful is that? That you know your daughter can feel it, but you're still sitting there telling her it's fine. Yeah. And you know, the, what they say, when you lie, you have to keep track of all the lies and that's exhausting. How can you keep track of all of the things that you've made up? And also, you know, you can't really lie to a Scorpio because we'll figure it out. So <laughs> yep. they always know. Yep. Okay. So I love that. Um, was week three. Yeah, that was pretty much week three and just really continuing to honor that I'm in a learning phase now. I'm in, okay, I want everything to... I want to be open and receptive to whatever this inner world wants to teach me. And I'm in a learning phase and I'm, I'm still continuing to do the loving kindness meditations for myself and being in alignment with who I am. Um, because that idea, if you don't uncover it all, and I'm not saying I uncovered it all. We never, I don't believe we ever uncovered all. There's always another layer of that onion to uncover, but I do believe strongly, even more strongly than I already believe that we want to uncover anything that's beneath the surface that's not true or that's holding you back. I, re I realize that these things emotionally, like you said, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Emotionally and physically and mentally were holding me back or keeping me hostage right. from living the life that I desire. Yeah. So, I mean, you can even tell when I gave this last talk on Tuesday this past week, I was like, I felt like I was in a different realm. I was so excited. I mean, I'm always excited. I love giving talks, but it just felt different. I felt like I was really owning who I was even more deeply. So I think it's important that we just keep growing and learning. And so that's what I kept doing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yes. And I will say one of the things about uh, before you went into the retreat is that I felt like you were so overtaxed and overstretched and um, weren't remembering. Like I could tell that just how you were living life was, was eating away at you. And so, yeah, you gave a talk recently and you were completely different person. And I think that's how you can see when you finally start to chip away at um, some of these patterns that you fall into, you can revamp your life and feel better and feel more like you're in your body living how you want to live. Yeah. And I think where this led to the fourth week, first of all, this led to the fourth week, the last Sunday of the third week, I remember waking up and I remember thinking when I sat down for the this six o'clock, 6 a.m. meditation thinking, wow, this is my last Sunday. And I was kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it. Cause we were, the, the fourth week ended on a Saturday. So I was really settled in. And what, I, what, what I've, what the fourth week was about was truly accepting myself completely. And I, and I use that a lot in, in my work and Michelle, we use it a lot in our work and you use it yourself. But that idea, another layer of accepting myself completely loving myself completely. And, and that whole idea that when we, when we do that, then we can own the failures or own the mistakes or own the wrongdoings and do all of the things where in the beginning I was feeling all these things and I was beating myself up. Like I was, I was, I was the problem and not any good. And now in the fourth week, I'm doing this without shame. Hmm. I'm doing this as a human being who's done these things or whatever's happened. And now I've understood, I've learned, I've done the things that I needed and I have great compassion for myself. So it takes away the fear that I'm not going to be accepted or I'm going to be judged or I'm not going to be good enough. It takes away comparisons and control, not forever, but it takes away in that moment, that idea that we don't need to be hiding anymore. Mm. We can be our own true selves. We can live in our power. You know, are we afraid that we're going to be too powerful? Are we afraid we're going to be too much in the light or whatever that is, or are we afraid people are going to know who we are? I remember as a child and as a young adult thinking when someone would tell me how great I was at work or how great I was as a person, and you're so kind and you're so wonderful, you're so this, I, the first thing that would go inside of me would, in my mind, not in my beautiful little heart voice, my mind would say, wow, if you ever, but if you really knew who I was, so when you're living though with this love and compassion and kindness for yourself, you don't say those kinds of things if you really knew who I was mm. because I know who I am. And so I got that deeper sense in this fourth week and where I want to go with that, where I went with that was forgiveness. You know, we talk a lot about forgiveness and forgiveness is kind of a unfolding path. I believe I had, I have so many views about forgiveness for 38 years in my practice and everything. And today, after this retreat, I'm going to explore this in my book and I'm exploring it even with myself. I believe that, do I have forgiveness for my marriage and some of the things that went down? No, no, I don't. I know that I don't want, I don't want my lack of forgiveness to take away my joy. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be a thief of my joy, as Shakespeare says and all of that. But I know that I don't have it, but it's okay. And I think that's what I want to say, but I have forgiveness for myself. So what I wanted to say this last week of the retreat was I was really working on forgiving myself because I think the more that I love and forgive and accept myself completely, the more I will have the opportunity come about where I can start to unlock the door to loving and forgiving those who have harmed me. And so there's a little list of those who have harmed me that I feel. So I just want to let people off the hook a little bit about this idea that we, in order to heal or in order to be okay with life and in order to enjoy the joys of life or or in order to be, have this deeper connection with ourselves, 
and this deeper connection with the life that we want to live and being alignment that we have to, we have to forgive others right away, or we have to forgive others now, or it's going to hold us back. I don't believe it's going to hold me back, but I do believe that that will be where I'm led. Okay. This takes I us- can see your face. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. <laughs> well, I did not, I did not prepare, prepare and plan for having a conversation about forgiveness because I too have lots of thoughts about that. We don't have to. I was just saying, no, that's no, no, I'm, re- I'm ready, no, but I don't think we have time. I think we should do a well, whole episode. Okay. Our next I, episode. Cause I have a whole lot more to say about okay. it. Yes. Next episode will go, but I too have a lot of interesting thoughts about forgiveness and I don't forgive any of the same people that you don't forgive. Even if they're listening to this episode. Well, I, and uh, I think that's a whole nother episode, but I do realize that it, forgiveness can't start unless I forgive myself. And that's what I realized the most. I was trying to forgive others and give to others and do for others. Like we were talking about earlier, how I'm such a giving, giving, giving person thinking if I just become my best, you know, loving and caring and understanding adult, that it'll all be good. Yes, we want to be loving and kind and compassionate and everything, but I think it all has to start with ourselves. So I'm on a mission now. If you want to know how have I entered the world from my retreat of being loving and caring and kind to myself and not in the egotistical, arrogant way, just in taking good care of myself. And I feel like the the talk I just gave to 150 people on Tuesday, and it, it was just phenomenal because I'm taking such good care of myself that I can't wait to go help others. I can't wait to go share what I have learned with others. I can't wait to help them take good care of themselves. Yes. And can I add something to that? That is what came up for me is that I think that how you get to forgiveness in the whole, holistically, it can't happen without that relationship that with you have with yourself to know that you've done and said and gone through everything that you need to do to feel complete with the situation. And I think for both of us as people pleasers, we don't say the things that need to be said or have the uncomfortable conversations or, you know, hold people accountable for the bad stuff that they do because it rocks the boat. And I think a part of forgiveness or a a bridge to forgiveness comes when you can speak your peace. And sometimes you can't forgive because what someone does something bad for you to you and you say, okay, I forgive you, but you're not allowed to say your peace back. And that's the piece of like knowing what you need to say or knowing what you need to do to be on the path towards acceptance, I guess, or whatever that ultimate goal of what you're seeking from the forgiveness. Yeah. And I think in our situations, we haven't been able to do that. No. And I don't think we're ready. I don't think that I'm ready. And that's where I think we should do a whole episode on forgiveness because I feel like what I got out of this fourth week and where I am right now in this stage of my life is I am wanting to come out whole myself. Mm -hmm. I want to come out whole as the most loving, kind, good person to myself. I've beat myself up for so many years on and off and on and off and on and off. And my practice has really helped me, but now I'm in, I'm ready to go to the next level. Like I'm ready. I'm on this next rung of the peeled onion from the inside out. I, and, and when I think the freedom that has come from this retreat and this idea that I have about forgiveness for myself is that I no longer think that if I don't forgive that other person, I can't have a joyful, loving life. Right. I did think that. I did think, oh my God. So top of mind in my life forever, all the trauma, all the abuse, all the everything, the top of my mind has always been, oh my God, I got to forgive that person or I'm never going to have a joyful life. That was kind of like the thing inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so I would do all the things that I need to do. And I guess that's why I never had the loving, compassion, kindness, meditation for myself. I don't know. Who knows? We don't always know why all these things, but I certainly know that it all got uncovered. And not everything, as I said, I'm sure there's all kinds of other stuff still down there, but I just, I no longer, I'm free from that feeling that if I don't forgive this person for abusing me, I can't live a happy, joyful life because I am really setting about forgiving myself because how do I let myself get into a situation like this to begin with or all, any of those things, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, like with my, the sexual abuse that I had 
from my uncle when I was a kid. So it's just like all of those things used to eat me up like, oh my God, I got to forgive that person. When I realized in this meditation retreat, when that second week came and I needed loving kindness and forgiveness, loving kindness and compassion for myself. And then that led into the last week of Barb, forgive yourself. Like you are 66 years old. You have done everything that you can possibly do. You are an extraordinary person, just like everybody else walking around the planet. And we just need to know it. We just need to know all the things that we need to do to make ourselves the loving, kind people that we are from the inside. That's all covered up with all kinds of experiences and traumas. Interesting. I, yeah. I don't know where I went with that there at the end for some no, reason. I, I, it just kind of made me feel like. It brings up a like, lot of interesting conversation about forgiveness, which I can't wait to have. And that'll probably be several episodes because I think <laughs> it's a lot. Well, you know what? If you think about it, Michelle, since we started this podcast, you've always said to me, mom, let's do forgiveness. I know. And you don't want. No, I, I was know. not ready. Now I get it. Yep. I knew. Well, I didn't know why I wasn't ready. Well, I knew I didn't forgive, but I didn't know why I wasn't ready to talk about it because I've been talking about forgiveness for 38 years. It's part of our practice. Yeah. I think it's in my book. I think I talk, we talk about it a lot. We've done a whole workshop, maybe several workshops on forgiveness. Right. So it's not like we haven't talked about forgiveness and all the things along the way, but this is a whole nother element of it that I haven't talked about right. and that I really understand more deeply. Yeah. Fascinating. And it's, I always want to be my authentic true self as we move along and morph and grow and learn and all that. And I, I'm, I was not ready to talk about forgiveness since this retreat. Now I am. All right. Can't wait. So I do want to read. Okay. I do want to read something to you, to you all, and then talk about meditation. As you said, Michelle, that would be cool. I do want to cool. read. So one of, one of the things that in this whole talking about becoming your own best friend, and you use that a lot, Michelle, which I really love. And it came up for me during the retreat too. Like how I thought it was my own best friend, but maybe not. Um, maybe you've kind of lost that a little bit. So this, this, um, this poem was one of the poems that was shared with us during the retreat. And I used it as part of my meditation and cultivating this kindness and love for myself. And it's called friend full of trust. You left home and soon learned to walk the path, making yourself a friend to everyone and making everyone a friend. When the whole world is your friend, fear will have no place to call home. And when you make the mind, your friend, you'll know what trust really means. Listen, I have followed this path of friendship to its end, and I can say with absolute certainty, it will lead you home. I can't tell you how many tears I've shed over this poem. And she's not meaning that we go out and be people pleasers and make the whole world our friend. She's meaning if we can just be in the present moment, if we can learn to just be with what is, and keep moving through life and keep walking the path because it's the mind that we need to make the friend that will make the whole world the friend. When the mind is not our friend, the whole world can't possibly be our friend. And when she ends it with, I can say without absolute certainty, it will lead you home. It will lead you back to yourself. It'll lead you back to truth. It'll lead you back to love. It'll lead you back to everything that deep within you already know, but we've forgotten It'll lead you back to yourself where the joy and the ability and the confidence to be able to handle this uncertain world happens. Hmm. I love that. Who, who wrote that? That was Mita. And this is from the book that I've been reading from the mm -hmm. first episode, the first free women. We'll put it as yep. you say in the show notes. Love that. Um, and then I have, One more along the lines of the loving kindness that I can't tell you how many tears I've cried over this one because I think about it every night uh, before I go to bed. I read it every night before I go to bed. Actually, I've memorized it. And this is from Grandma Sumana from the same book. After all those years looking after others, this old heart has finally learned to look after itself. Each act of kindness, a stitch in this warm blanket that now covers me while I sleep. That visual of the blanket of kindness covering me while I sleep. Mm. This brings my heart so much joy. 
after all those years looking after others. This old heart has finally learned to look after itself. Each act of kindness, a stitch in this warm blanket that now covers me while I sleep. So that's really that epitome culmination of the giving and receiving. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Beautiful, Michelle. That we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's that idea that giving and receiving, and then if we can, if we can really truly have that loving kindness for ourselves from the inside out, we can actually go to sleep. Like like sleep is one of the most important things that we all are talking about. We all don't, don't get enough of, and we're all trying to figure out how do we have that great night's sleep. Thinking about yourself going to sleep with a loving kindness blanket around you because you know that your heart, deep in your heart, you've been taking care of yourself. And it doesn't mean to abandon others. It means I'm going to take care of myself so that I can take care of others. Mm-hmm. So that I can be the best version of who I already am. Fascinating. And so that's kind of where you left the retreat. Mm-hmm. Feeling like my greatest passion right now, I mean, besides my work and all the things that we do, my greatest desire right now is for me to continue this loving kindness, compassion for myself and to really understand when I am feeling my feelings deeply and to, to not, to, I, I have a, I have this written up on my um, bathroom mirror right now. There are two kinds of suffering, mm-hmm. suffering that leads to more suffering or suffering that leads to the end of suffering. And so I really, I really have it that I, we all suffer. We all have suffering. And I've certainly suffered since the retreat. It's not like I haven't experienced any suffering or hardship or, or sadness or anything, but I really got it. I really have understanding that I don't want to lead to the more suffering. I want to, I want to suffer in the moment, whatever it is, figure out what my next baby step is to get out of it and then move on. I don't want to add to it and get down into that rabbit hole. Like there's something wrong with me. There's a, I'm a problem or what all the things that I really uncovered all that and got a really deep knowing of what my mind does to me, you know, when I'm suffering. Mm -hmm. And so to wrap up this portion, how did you take all of that and come back into the world? I would, I would say a lot of steps, but I think the, the most important, or what was your feeling? The most feeling of gratitude, feeling of, I can handle anything that comes my way in the outside world. Were you afraid? No. To come back? No, no, I was not afraid to come back. I mean, I knew I was coming back to the divorce. I wasn't divorced yet. Mm -hmm. I came back April 1st and then got divorced mid August. Uh, No, I felt like as long as I stayed centered and grounded in who I am, continuing the loving kindness for myself, I would, the next steps would continue to keep being clear. So you felt really set up to come back out. I, I felt incredibly set up to come back out. I felt it was perfect timing. It was the timing that I needed. And I felt like as long as I stayed true to who I am, as long as I didn't allow myself to be abandoned or didn't try to control or manipulate others, as long as I stayed in my own lane and did what I knew that I needed to do, I knew it was going to be hard because a lot of stuff, yeah, a lot of stuff hit the fan when I got back, not just with the divorce. So many other things were happening. Yeah. So I just knew that, it, and I got frustrated and I got irritated. It's not like I just kind of sailed through life right now. No, it's hard. And I got frustrated and irritated and tired. And But what I am doing is taking little bits of time here and there of getting out of getting out of what is happening with the swirling of the chaos or the drama and going into nature, like going out into like, you know, went to California recently for a couple of days and walked on the beach there and just stayed by myself. I really didn't interact with very many. I didn't really interact with anyone in there except for one friend. And that was very minimal. Went to Colorado recently and did a lot of hard, hard, hard work there, but it was amazing. I loved every minute of it. And it was some of the hardest work I've ever done physically, mm-hmm. um, but it was amazing and I loved it. So I think that idea that when we love ourselves and when we, we know what, who we are, we can actually use that as a barometer to taking the next step 
and doing the next thing and we can do the hard thing and we can get tired and we can, we can keep moving forward and not regress back into, I can't do this or I'm bad or I'm whatever. I don't know if this makes sense. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's all working in a way that feels so good for me and feels so right. And I'm not trying to make other people fit into my life. I'm not trying to be a people pleaser and I'm not trying to make it be, I'm trying to just own my truth and do it in the kindest, most firm way that I can. And I'm not trying to make other people uh, acquiesce to what I want or change them. And I'm not letting them change me. It's kind of a whole blend of a lot of stuff. I think we could have an episode on that down the road. I could probably give you I'm more sure clarity we could. on it. But, but I love I, it. But I do have one more to read okay. that I think encapsulates this yeah. whole thing. Let's hear it. Because this is, you know, meditating all those hours a day for 30 days. Certainly one of the greatest things I've done is kept my meditation practice up, which I've done for 38 years. But in a way that it's, it, it just feels, um, I don't know. It feels like it can... This, this poem will say it, and then I could talk a tiny bit about it if you want. It's called Community. When I left the only home I'd ever known, I thought I'd left everything behind. As you can see, this is kind of like my divorce. Mm-hmm. I mean, 33 years. When I left the only home I'd ever known, I thought I left everything behind. But I was still carrying all the years of running back and forth and around in circles after this or that. Just sitting still, those circles have broken apart and been carried away by this simple wind blowing in and out. So this idea that it was, it's so chaotic and 33 years of being married and a, a really disastrous, so much of it disastrous at the end and all the things that, that we, you and I lost, that I lost, that you lost. Messed up. And so I was carrying all those years of running back and forth and running around and trying to, trying to do it all and trying to fit it all together and trying to make it all work and trying to be all everything and all the things after running after circles. I could feel myself in circles when I would use this in my meditation. And just going to this 30-day silent retreat sitting still, doing nothing else but sitting still. I didn't go on the phone. I wasn't on the computer. I wasn't on the, and I was making all these plans or anything, just sitting still. Those circles have broken apart and have been carried away. And what were they carried away by? My breath. Mm. Breathing in and breathing out. Wow. Sitting still. Breathing in, breathing out, sitting still. I love that. Let's take a quick break. And we're back. I really love that. That's beautiful. Thank you. I love this whole conversation. I love you. I love being with all of you in this community. It is an incredible joy. Thank you for mining your life for the show. (laughs) Um, Before we close up for the day, week, episode... I, I do want to touch on meditation okay. as promised and basically just to start the conversation about the practice in itself and why you and I both live by it, I guess. Foundation. Mm-hmm. Foundation of my life. In one sentence or less, why is it the foundation of your life? Because it connects me within to the world within, to the voice within, to my life within, to the knowing within, to the truth within. It's that idea that I can sit and breathe in and breathe out without getting up, without abandoning that practice of sitting with myself without, it's, it's like the great, for me, it's the greatest form of loving myself. And I think that's why it sustained me during those three years, even though I was beating myself up thinking I'm the problem and I didn't do some things right and all the things it's because at the deepest, deepest level, it was protecting me. It, it was my anchor. Mm-hmm. Cause when I would sit in those moments of just silence, sometimes if it's just five minutes, it doesn't have to be hours. It doesn't have to be 30 days. It doesn't have to be every day with med- with the silence, just sitting in five minutes of silence 
you know, connecting within, connecting to that world within, knowing that the outside world is not the be all and the end all of life. Like if I thought the outside world was all there was, I don't think I could make it. I rely so much on this idea that we have all these things inside of us. We just need to become aware. We need to uncover them and we need to find a way to practice with them. We need to find a way to know that they are the truth. I love that. For me, meditation is not, you know, seeing lights and bells and whistles and all that kind of stuff. It truly is just about uncovering that friendship and that love and that deep truth of who I am and then uncovering what do I want and what are my desires in life and really just knowing that I have all this knowing in there and now I want to, I want to explore it and I want to, I want to start following some of the breadcrumbs. You talk about follow the breadcrumbs sometimes in your work. I want to follow the breadcrumbs of where that's going to lead me. I don't want to be on my deathbed feeling like I didn't live the life that I wanted to live or I didn't live the life. I have a real deep belief too. I didn't live the life that I came here to live. I Mm. believe I'm here for a purpose and a reason. And not that you always have to have a purpose and a reason, but I just truly believe I came here to do my best at relieving suffering. Suffering has been a big word for me my whole life. And I just feel like I came here to do my best to relieve suffering of others and relieve the suffering within myself. And meditation does that for me. That is the foundation. I can't do that anchored in the outside world. I would agree. I I would say that meditation for me, whenever we're teaching meditation in a workshop or a class or to students, we always, we like to say that it's like plugging yourself into yourself. You know, you, you have to plug your phone in every day to, to give it its battery. And meditation is like plugging yourself in to get your charge. And I, I do believe that. And I do believe that, that there is such a great importance to take time to be with yourself every single day in some way, shape or form and find a time to sit with yourself or breathe with yourself or connect with yourself in whatever way that works for you. That makes you like really know who you are from like a, a deep level. And it's so easy to live life not connected to who you are and to wake up, hit the phone, you know, hit the computer, hit life and just autopilot it. And there's a lot of power that can be found when you just take a few minutes and connect. And that's what meditation is. And, and you like to call it sitting, you know, some, for some people, meditation might feel a little too religious or spiritual or woo woo or whatever. And, and, you know, just describing it as sitting with yourself, like being with yourself. Like if we actually are trying to be our own best friends, what does a friendship require for the most part? It's like presence, talking or being with them or communicating with them. And we don't necessarily do that with ourselves without distraction. We can do that with a friend, you know? Um, And so whatever way that looks like of being with yourself in a way without distraction um, is, is, is that for me? I love that, Michelle. And just you know, sitting with yourself, being with yourself, walking with yourself, eating with yourself, you know, how can you be as present as you possibly can be? I love, you know, the, the work and the retreats that I did with Thich Nhat Hanh, be where your feet are. And I just would say, just start with five minutes or, to, you know, start with one minute, but just start with five minutes. Just not, not be having the conviction and the discipline to just knock it up. I'm going to sit here for five minutes, no matter how hard it is. I'm just going to sit here for five minutes, maybe placing your attention on your breath, noticing the inhale and the exhale, and just really just be with yourself for five minutes. And I always say, you know, can you just imagine for a moment, this is a great visualization. Can you just imagine for a moment that you're going to wake up in the morning and jump into the outside world, just to go jump into the outside world and just take on the world with, with, with no armor. So meditation is kind of like armor for me or, or that's connected with myself is kind of like my armor. How can I take on the outside world when I haven't connected with me first, when I don't know how I feel in the morning? I mean, I will, I wake up in the morning. First thing I say before I get out of bed is thank you for the gift of this new day. 
We didn't, you know, not everyone woke up this morning. So thank you for the gift of this new day. And then I just asked myself, I, you know, it's not a big deal. Just stay in your bed. Don't look at your phone first. Don't do not connect with the outside world first at all. Just stay in your bed just for a minute or two and just say, I'll say, Barb, how are you feeling today? Mm -hmm. And I will kind of scan my body and I'll ask myself, how am I feeling? Am I feeling nervous? Am I feeling, you know, sad? Or am I feeling my body aches? Or I'll I'll take a little body check. See, how's my body feeling? Just to try to connect with myself before I step into the outside world. Yeah. It's a temperature check for me. Yeah. You know, like, what are you starting the day with? Like, what's the barometer? Like, you know, the more you know. Yeah. And about I, yourself. Exactly. I love that. The more you know about yourself. Um, That's our new if, show, Michelle. The more you know. The more you know. Dot, 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 dot about yourself. <laughs> love it. Um, and of course, like, that's the the number one. But, you know, when you take this time to be with yourself, you feel more confident and self-aware and have a deeper sense of trust and knowing. Um, you start to have the clarity that you seek. Like there's lots of benefits that come from taking this time. And it, like you said, it doesn't have to be a lot. Well, remember, I was just going to say that. And I, I would love to do a whole episode on meditation, Michelle. And I'd love to lead a guided meditation during one of the episodes. So let's maybe that'll be our next episode. <laughs> I love it that we kind of tease next episode so people can get a feeling of what's next. Um, but I want to say this, this is so important. And then I'll, cl- I'll close with this. When I started meditating, I meditated with a lot of different teachers because I wanted, I didn't know, I knew nothing about it. And so I meditated with teachers that say, you have to meditate 30 minutes to get anything out of it. You have to meditate 20 minutes to get everything out of it. You got to meditate twice a day. You got to do this. You got to do that, whatever. So it's, it's, it's a lot and it's wonderful. There's nothing, nothing wrong with any of it. And it wasn't until 2007, I went on a week-long retreat with the Dalai Lama and I had been on other retreats and other talks with him before. And a person in the audience asked him a question, how long do you have to meditate in order for you to get the benefits or in order for you to feel something or in order for you to start making changes in your life? I, I can't exactly remember all the things that she said. And he looked at her in his cute little <laughs> laughing and he said, no, no, there is no set time. He said, better to meditate five minutes every day than 30 minutes once a week. It's the consistency of the practice. It's doing it every single day where you start to build the muscle that you talk about, Michelle. Built, we do this for our weight training or when we exercise, we know we're building muscle. It's a consistency of every single day sitting down with yourself five minutes, one minute, whatever it is, every single day, having the intention that I'm going to connect with myself first. And this is, this is our take on it. Michelle and I do this. Dalai Lama didn't say the rest of this. I want to sit with myself first. I want to connect with me first before I take on the world. And so when he said that, it's the consistency, which I already knew because I had been meditating every single day, but it kind of reinforced for me that we are the boss of our own lives. And so whatever works for you, that helps you get connected to yourself and start the practice of sitting every day or walking meditation every day. And remember meditation just means being right here, right now, being with yourself, allowing the outside world to exist and the thoughts in the mind to exist without paying attention to them. So I love you all so much. Thank you for indulging me these three episodes of my retreat. And I look forward to being with you next week and talking about meditation or whatever it is that you would love to have Michelle and I have a conversation about. Thank you. And thank you, Michelle. You're, you're a dream. You're a dream. I am forever grateful to be your mother. It's my greatest blessing. Thank you. Likewise. I love you. Mom. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. And thank you everyone for listening. If you have any other questions about her retreat, if there's something that you feel like she didn't come back to, let us know. Um, as you can see, I'm sure she'd be happy to, Talk more about it. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And we'll have lots of fun conversations on other things in the coming weeks. So thank you all for listening. And if you haven't yet, please make sure that you are liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. So you're always up to date on everything Barb Knows Best. 
Also, please make sure you're following us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb Knows Best Pod, so that you can send us questions, comments, concerns, and future podcast topic requests. If you're loving the show, which of course we hope that you are, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify and leave a review. We appreciate them, we read them, and it really helps us and the show. So take a hot 60 seconds and go do that. We would love you forever. We already do love you forever, but you know, even more so. And that is all. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you, mom. And we will chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.